This is Michael Zuber, and I just wanted to thank you for listening to my One Rental at a Time podcast. Did you know that I took the time to document the entire process I used to learn my market and actually still use today? I released it as a $199 online course via Teachable, and it is called How to Get Started One Rental at a Time. With that, you get access to my private Facebook group and can join our group mentoring calls every Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific. You can find it on my website at onerentalatatime.com. Now on with the show. Hey everyone, I have a very exciting show for you today. This is one of the three interviews I promised you today on our daily financial news. And this one is special. This one is from a young man who has achieved financial independence and retired early. Yes, that magic fire statement. So let's welcome Dion to the show. How you doing, man? Hey, good morning, Mike. I'm really happy to be here. Thank you for reaching out. Uh, I really appreciate when people have a quality story, they reach out to me and they say, hey, let's talk, let's share, let's inspire others. So I just wanted to acknowledge you for reaching out to somebody you did not know and uh, say, hey, can I come on and share a story? So thank you for that. I um, I can appreciate that that's how you think this is. Uh, <laughs> I've listened to you so much, read your, listened to your book. Um, you may not know me. I kind of feel like we've had this conversation a hundred times. <laughs> well, that's very nice to hear. I appreciate that. Um, well, I got to ask, did you leave your Audible review yet? I did. Yep. Oh, cool. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Audible and Amazon reviews is one of my weekly goals. As you know, I track those just to see what my impact is. So thank you for doing that. So Dion, why don't we introduce my audience to who is Dion, how you got started, all that stuff. I got a quick outline I want to walk through, but it starts with your introduction. Okay, sure. And so you opened with saying that I've reached financial independence, retire early. And to me, the financial independence part is the most important thing mm-hmm. because the retire early, not sure if I'll ever actually do that. I really love sure. the, the job that I have, but um, life is a lot more interesting when work is optional. Yes, and work can, is optional. Yes. So you can actually find the job you'd love to do. So you're not working, just selling your life one hour at a time. And so I've had a few times in my life where my income was taken away um, by things outside of my control. After Desert Storm, the Marines downsized in 2008 when the recession hit. Uh, I was laid off from being a police officer because everybody knows in a recession, there's no more crime and we don't <laughs> anymore. So uh, it, I was uh, looking at different ways of trying to find money that I controlled. And I've started a few businesses and some, sometimes they work and sometimes they don't. Um, my brother reached financial independence and actually retired off of rentals. And I thought, well, I'll try that. And my first experience was so bad. Uh-huh. I tried to quit. I okay. literally tried to give the house away. It was such a bad experience. And uh, luckily, when I was trying to quit, it was around 2012, 2011, bottom of the market when yeah. I was a little upside down and I couldn't give that. I couldn't, you know, houses, the, the same quality houses were selling for less than yes. what I owed. And I kept it later found um, communities like this, bigger pockets, afford anything, people who were putting the information out there and weren't charging for it. You know, I didn't have $40,000 to go take a three-day seminar that would probably teach me, you know, how to use Google. Yeah. <laughs> and um, it's amazing what a little knowledge will do. And I found out about house hacking and that's my strategy. I primarily focus on small multifamily. And my first goal was to get single family houses. I thought, you know, I had a house and I wasn't sure if I could handle being a landlord. So I moved into an apartment, rented out the house, kind of that accidental path that a lot of us take. Sure. And um, once I figured out that I could handle it after my first bad experience, uh, I 
started looking for single family houses, but the numbers didn't work. They were right. all your um, alligators. Every yes. single one I looked at would lose me money every month. And uh, I found a duplex that was the same price, even a little less than single family houses. And the rent was close to double. Yeah. Um, moved in and reduced my housing from $1,500 a month down to $300 a month. And nice. The, the first thing that everybody thinks of when I say that is I, I'm saving $1,200 a month because, you know, our largest expense is usually housing. Yeah. Um, but there's also taxes on that. I'm in about the 30% tax bracket. So to make enough money to pay $1,500 a month, I have to earn $1,950 to exactly. pay 15. So now I have to earn $390. It's a huge difference. For sure. Um, so the savings rate for the next house hack was exponentially faster. You know, the first couple were a couple of years apart, yeah. then a year and a half. And now about every year I'm looking for the next place. And uh, actually, awesome. I just got under contract on one last night. So I'm looking at a, I'll call it a triplex. It's a house with a duplex on the same. Uh, oh, I love those multi-units on a single lot yet still residential, right? So you get residential right. financing, stays 30 year fixed. You don't have the, uh, you know, the headaches of refining or, or calling the note uh, with a commercial loan. So I love those. So let's re let's really remind people because I want when I do these interviews because I want people to see themselves in my guest, right? You, you your story has several things that I think people can resonate with. Again, you had your income taken away, right? With through quote unquote no fault of your own. Right. How many people can say that today? We, again, just today's unemployment numbers: eight hundred and ninety-eight thousand more Americans can say their income was taken in the last seven days. You, you've been there, right? Once in the Marines, once in the police force, right? So it, it happens. Uh, then, you know, you got started and the first one didn't work out. How many people have said that over the years? And, and you know, this, this, uh, this game is, is interesting. And then, you know, there is, there are good platforms out there to learn. I don't think real estate investing, right? What I teach called how to get started one rental at a time is difficult. It's consistent, focused effort. Too many people make it too hard. They use buzzwords and they try to show activity, but no movement. So um, how should we do this? Oh, the other thing I want to talk about that, again, in, in your story is you actually started from a negative net worth. Yeah, um, I'll try to keep the interview positive. But yes. in my <laughs> divorce, my ex-spouse had racked up a couple hundred thousand dollars in credit card debt in my name without my knowledge. And had it <laughs> oh, box and um, so I found out about that in the divorce because she filed bankruptcy, which made, well, technically it was already our debt, even right. though I didn't know about it. It made yeah. it my debt. You were married. In yeah. law enforcement, filing bankruptcy is uh, almost a career killer because if you have bad financials, you might be more likely yep. to take a bribe or something. So, Of course. Um, you see that, that on really TV all the time, right? <laughs> right. Exactly. And I accidentally was talking to one of the creditors trying to figure out how to pay, make the payments because I hadn't, I didn't even know these debts existed. And he said something that triggered a thought. He said, well, you know, your ex-spouse filed bankruptcy. Do you plan on doing that? Because if you do, before you file bankruptcy, we would take 20%. And, and that opened up a light bulb. I thought, you'll, you'll take less than what I actually owe you. So I called every single creditor and reduced it down to about 89,000. So that was my starting point as a single parent with three kids. Wow. Um, starting with 89. And uh, I didn't know about uh, Dave Ramsey's baby steps. Sure. Uh, this was around 2006-ish, 2009, in between that window. Yeah. And I, st I, I did the debt snowball. Yeah. I didn't know what was the thing. I just started going on the smallest debts I could and got rid of them. 
And once I'd started the house hacking, the first one reduces your housing cost. Yep. Each one after that adds to your cash flow. Correct. Because not only do you move into the new one, but you get to rent out the unit that you moved from. Correct. And it's, I don't have a lot. I have 11 units now. But right around seven units, I, I hit financial independence, where 100% of my W-2 income was now saved. Yeah. And and so now at 11 units, I have about half my rental profit is saved after P-I-T-I, setting mm -hmm. aside for repairs and vacancy. And it just makes the saving get easier and easier just because I'm willing to move every couple of years. Yeah, well, I want people to hear this because there's there's lots of things that you said there subtly that I, 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 I want to scream at people. First, you can start this anywhere. And if you're $89,000 in the hole with credit card debt, I think Dave Ramsey's snowball is the best thing ever created. Do it, right? I think Dave Ramsey's real estate investing advice is probably the worst stuff I've ever heard, right? But I tell everybody, he's got three great steps. Stop listening. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you're in that hole, dig out, you know, stop digging and get out of the hole. But once you're out of the hole, there's there are other things. The other thing I need people to hear, and I want you to say it again, is how many units did it take you to replace your income? So, and, and thank you for wording it that way. Cause I get that question a lot because I, I try to help in Facebook groups and any communities and try to share what I've learned. It's like, I've got this math equation that makes life very simple. Mm -hmm. A lot of people want to replace their W2 income. Mm -hmm. And really what we should focus on is replacing the cost of living. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times we make an amount, then it's taxed, then we save for retirement. And what, what we're actually living on is significantly less. So to be yep. financially free took seven units. Mm -hmm. And part of that was because of house hacking. So if you have oh, no question, cost, yeah. it mm -hmm. takes two to $3,000 a month to live. If you add a mortgage on top of that, depending on the size of the house, you're taking longer to reach that freedom number. Absolutely. Yeah. And again, yeah. folks, this, 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 is, this is powerful, right? Seven. And you've, you've heard me say it. I'll say it again for the video here. I often talk to high school students. One of the favorite things I like to do is talk to seniors in high school, because essentially my message to them is how many of you can live on two grand a month? All of them, even at fancy private schools, raise their hand. They're like two grand a month. Oh my God, I live like a king, blah, blah, blah. Right. They don't know. But the message is if, if you can get used to that, if you truly can live on two grand a month, I promise you, even if you're starting 89 grand in the hole, you can be financially free in five years, anywhere in the country. It's, it's not that hard. It's when you get in the rat race and your income goes up and then your doodads go up and you start buying freaking the second and third car and you, you, your belt and your shoes are nicer than they used to be. And, you know, pretty soon your monthly nuts 20 grand. Well, you know, if you've ever paid the cash flow claim, you're not getting out of the rat race very easily when you, when you let the consumption attitude of the average American take over. So uh, I think you need to be applauded for not increasing your you're, I mean, you had three kids that could have been easy. You didn't increase your monthly nut because it always just moves the goalposts. Yeah, that I call it light. Well, I've heard it a thousand times. So I've stolen the term life creep. If you can avoid life creep, yep. then life gets better. Oh, for sure. And in, in, in the beginning, reaching financial independence is a lot faster if you can do that. For me, once I reached that financial independence, it didn't so much, my fire journey hasn't been about being frugal. Um, I have every streaming service there is. I go to the, well, before COVID, I went to the movies all, all the time, saw everything and spend a month in Colombia or a month in Thailand every year, take my brother and just go and scuba dive everywhere we can find and, nice. you know, actually enjoy life because you take those first few years where you, you not really sacrifice, but you just stay at that level. 
Yeah. And then once your cash flow starts to increase and. Uh, I love that. People need to, those. people need, you don't need to sacrifice forever, right? You don't need to sacrifice forever. No, just for a while, right? Yeah. So whatever your time is, sacrifice until you get to that magic number, right? Your freedom number, whatever you want to call it, your net income number, your top line number, whatever it is. But then you got to enjoy life. And you're so right. I mean, I've told this story a hundred times about Olivia and I sacrificing for 15 years, needs versus wants. Needs were covered, wants weren't. But trust me, we got financially free. We have done some fancy wants. <laughs> There's been lots of wants taken care of in the last couple of years. Um, but yeah, it's you got because you the biggest thing is a don't move the goalpost life creep. But for me, it's don't kill momentum. Momentum is so hard to start that I saw so many people, you know, they got halfway there and they just peeled off 20 grand, 30 grand to do this or that. And that just that's like, oh, it's just like throwing sand in the gears. It just slows you down. It's so painful to watch. Those first few years, that's really important because with, especially with a strategy where you're using, you know, buying one rental at a time every couple of years or a house hack or whatever. Not all of mine have been house hacks. I've bought some as investments. Mm -hmm. But in that beginning, the faster you save, the more that you accrue in those first few years, the, the greater the savings becomes. And then, like you said, that momentum just keeps you going to where it, it now um, I have the problem that a lot of investors do this year, which, you know, a lot of people are talking about how bad the crash is going to be mm -hmm. and the, the, which I don't see coming for years. And uh, the struggle is finding the deal. I'm, yep. I'm making two or three offers of probably driving my agent crazy because I offer what works with my numbers, always asking price or more in my market, my local market, we can't go under. And uh, it's feast or famine. So I've been making offers and then we went under contract last night. One called back, uh, we got a, the, the email this morning that they're looking at accepting another one. So. <laughs> Terrible problem. I might have two great deals, you know. Yeah, but nice. And just what market are you in? I'm sorry, I didn't ask. What city? I'm in between Tacoma and Olympia in Washington State. Okay, Washington uh, so, State. So, and I I keep my properties spread out like 10 to 20 miles apart so that they're they're not pulling from the same tenant base. Yeah. Um, we've got a large base. There's hospitals, colleges, a couple towns with population over 100,000. I kind of like to make sure that I've got sources of tenants to where if one thing changes, it doesn't really impact me. Literally this entire year, I haven't had one late or missed payment and nice. um, have a list of people waiting for the next place to open. So it's a, I'm not saying it's a great market that everybody should move here, <laughs> but I'm in, it's working I'm, for you. It's working for me. Right. There you go. Well, very cool. So again, I, I you're giving so many gems. I just, I just want to hit them again. So people hear it. Uh, you know, your numbers, right? You know, what works for you. You're comfortable writing what works for you. If it works great, if it doesn't move on, you're writing lots of like offers. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of offers today, uh, as am I. And um, you don't overpay, right? If it works for you, great. If it doesn't work for them, you're no hard feelings. Actually, it was one of your conversations that gave me a mental shift. And, and I was seeing prices go up. And I had this metric of if I pay $150,000 a unit, I can cash flow with my in my market. Mm -hmm. And prices were going up 175, 180, 190,000 a unit. And I was thinking, oh, there's no way I can do this except with the rates going down, <laughs> my actual out-of-pocket expense overall is exactly the same. Yeah. Just more money is going to the seller than it's going to the financial institution. And so I re-ran my numbers on a bunch of places. And, and so I had about a month where I, I couldn't find anything. And all of a sudden I realized I've found five great deals. I just wasn't go. offering them. Yeah. Again, it's the so payment. And again, <laughs> you're very welcome. 
So you're getting 30 year fixed rate debt, I would imagine. I'm sorry, my it's okay. You're getting 30 year fixed rate debt. Yes. Uh, all these are, and what's great is, and right out of one rental at a time, mm. I have no special access to rentals. None of these are <laughs> off market deals. These are right off the MLS. I have three real, real estate agents who all know about each other. They might not know each other, but they all know about each other that have yep. auto searches set up. And so these are all off the MLS and I get um, conventional loans, uh, 30 year fixed rate. Um, I, I uh, treat lending like a contractor. I go to at least three yeah. and get quotes, get their quotes in writing, take the writing to each lender and show what the competition is doing. And you'll be surprised what lenders will do mm -hmm. to take a deal from one of their competitors. Yeah, um, that's a good idea. Yeah, and, and in the beginning, it was really weird. Uh, Wells Fargo was able to beat everyone's rate as long as I brought the rate in writing, they would go under it. Okay. Um, in my last two, my first actual refinances, um, Fairway Mortgage was able to beat the rate. So shopping around has worked yeah. out for me. That Those refinances were awesome. To two counties that I'm in, the property taxes had gone up almost 20% in the last two years. Mm. But I refinanced with the new rates. And so with the tax increase, my payments have gone down enough to where I'm profiting <laughs> on each of the properties and not having to do a rent increase. So I was able to tell tenants, hey, no rent increase this year. And even though taxes are up, so it was really awesome to do. So win-win. I'm curious, what was the last interest rate? What, what's the interest rate you're quoted on the deal you're looking at that you locked up yesterday? Do you, do you know? 3.6. Oh my God, sub 4% for an, in, it, and it's an investment. It's an investment and small multifamily. So you get two little bumps into the rate. 3.6. You know what I would pay to get a 3.6 loan? Jesus well, I'm Christ. I'm still under 10. You're in yeah. those. <laughs> I'm, a little, I'm a little bit over 10. <laughs> it's a little. It's my, a little. My goal actually, I'm sorry, my goal was to keep four. Yeah. I thought if I had four mortgages, the, the you know, large institutions like Bank of America, Wells Fargo, they've got a mountain of data that says that's the safe number. So they yeah. usually limit people to that. And then other, you know, Fairway and Guild Mortgage will go up to 10. Yep. Um, but now with rates so low, I'm thinking four is not a good limit. I'm going to go up six or seven or add a few more. Yeah, I think you go to 10. I mean, I don't know why not. I mean, if, if, if as long as you can get that cheap 30-year debt, right? If, if you're at like nine and then suddenly rates go to six, well, you know, nine's pretty good. You just, you know, focus on right. paying the ones off. But if you can get 30-year debt sub 4%, I suspect in four or five years, you're going to look like a genius. Right. That's something that uh, I've heard on bigger pockets. They, uh, they talk about it a lot, even an average deal right now in five years with principal pay down, mm -hmm. possible appreciation, but possible rent increases, it becomes you're a genius five years from now. And, yeah. And it's that it's the fixed rate debt that does that for you. Right. It, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. very cool. So what else should we tell folks, right? Again, your, your story is very similar to others. Right, you're, you've lost your job a couple of times through no fault of your own. You're in a relatively expensive market. It's not like you're in Detroit or, you know, I don't know, other markets where houses are sub 100k. Um, you know, what what do you want to tell people just to get started? Right, they're stuck at zero. They're interested. Let's assume they have a full time job, but they're nerve. They have a nerve. They're nervous about their full time job. What do you want? To so, uh, the first thing that I would like to mention that you just said was. Uh, 
some markets are inexpensive and some are more expensive. Yep. And, and so uh, don't take the rules as rules. Exactly. A lot of people say, oh, I have to hit the 1% rule or I'm going to retire on the 4% rule or not one of my properties has hit the 1% rule, not even close. Mm-hmm. Um, I go for a cash on cash return, which works in an expensive market, putting down a big down payment. If yep. you're in a low end market, lower, less expensive market with small down, that might not work. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other sure. thing where people are worried about their job is I would be more worried about being stuck in the job. Uh, I like some that. Some people want to work 40 years, 40 hours a week to retire on 40% of what they make, and you can get it taken away at any time. And when I first found these kind of communities and figured out my path to financial independence, I hadn't even purchased the first duplex yet. My brain said, if I do this, I won't need a job. And so it, it lets you make a mental shift to where you, you're not worried about losing the job so that you can take chances. Um, mm-hmm. for instance, so my exact story was, I was working at a, a truck driving school, teaching people how to drive trucks after losing the law enforcement job. And, and I had been a driver for years. I, so now I get to take my years of driving and I get to put it in somebody's hands. I get to give away a career every day that I'm at work. But the school owner retired and new owners came in and they had never worked in transportation. They're just amazing people that like to help people. They figured if we take a school and we grow it, we'll help more people find jobs. So they came in and I, I had an idea and I ran the idea by them. And they said, that sounds like a good idea. We'll tell you what, we'll give you a shot if, and we'll give you six months. If in six months it's working, you get to run the place. Hmm. If it's not, you're fired and somebody else will run the place. And if I didn't think that I was going to have a path to financial independence, I would have just kept my head down and done my job and I would still be doing the same job. Mm-hmm. But I took the chance and it grew, my idea grew the school so much. We had six staff with one campus. Now we have four campuses with 60 staff. We're looking at going into another state. Nice. The new owners were kind of, sh- I don't want to say shocked, Im- impressed. And they have, they've actually made me the company president, given me a uh, you know, 10% ownership in the company. So I have those nice golden handcuffs now, which nice. are great, which I actually love because I love what we do. We, we, we get to help people find jobs every day. Yeah. That's awesome. So, yeah. So uh, let me, let me get, let me try to put a time frame around this because people need to realize that a, it takes time, but it doesn't take a hundred years. So you make the mental shift to being, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to achieve the option of financial independence. So from the date you made that decision, how long from the date you made the decision to your first duplex? Are we talking months or years? Um, so I moved into the apartment. It was a couple of years because the first year was a, a horrible experience. I, I made every yep. mistake I can to a friend with no thing, which became later, which became never. Um, Actually, when I went to the house to have that face-to-face conversation to find out what happened, uh, he had moved out, rented the house to someone else and was collecting the rent and keeping it. And of course. <laughs> but, so from there, it was a few years. Then once I got a good tenant in there, actually somebody I tried to give the house to, but she was never able to take it. So I ended up getting the house back as a rental. Um, and good story there. That's actually paid off now and rented to a section eight tenant. So it's, ah, it's really go. cool. It's a, it's a four bedroom on a lake with private boat launch access, basketball court, tennis court. And so she's got four kids that she gets to raise there that probably would never be in a place that nice if that program didn't exist. Nice. And uh, I get a really good fair market rent. So it works out for everybody. Cool. Um, 2012 or so started getting into the duplexes okay. and working on the debt. So first, a lot of people want to get rid of all of their debt and then get into their rentals. 
Yeah. If you can find a cash producing rental, that helps you get rid of the debt faster. Right. So, and then it was a few years till the next one. Um, and then two years to the next one. And then seventh, the third duplex was 2018. Okay. And then this year, January, I picked up the fourplex that I'm in right now. Okay. Uh, this is my first one bigger than a duplex. And now I want fourplexes <laughs> because I'm being paid $1,700 a month to live here. So just this one unit is paying me that much. That's awesome. So you went, so from just from mental shift to first deal was a couple years mm-hmm. from first deal to that seventh unit was five years, six, right? Six. On, right about six was when I hit that seventh okay. unit. So under, again, this, this is what people need to hear, right? It, your story from zero to financial independence is call it eight years total from mental shift to completion. R- correct. Yeah, it was, it was, it, I, and I think that almost anybody, you said five years earlier, and I think I think anybody with debt, with kids can do it in 10 sure. easily, yeah, like that's... without the stress, without having to sacrifice everything, right? And but I want people years... to hear that, yeah. Five years, if, you can, if you're single, you haven't let the rat race grab you, meaning cars and kids and student debt and all that other stuff. Because yeah. once you do that, right, your, your hamster wheel is bigger, right? Your monthly expenses go up and you just have to run further. Yeah. So if you're a high school student, you're coming out, you can get done in five years if you can sacrifice and live on two grand a month. If you're an uh, adult, you have a couple of kids, you're starting out, you know, your average income is sub six figures. You can get done in 10 years or less. I've I've heard a few people when I, I've taken several phone calls and I try to take about an hour and explain to somebody, ask them where they're starting at, what their end goals are and kind of walk them through the first few steps. Mm -hmm. A lot of times the excuse is, um, well, I, I can't do exactly what you did because I still have kids. And I'm like, well, I have kids. Yeah. And me too. They're actually, they're the reason to do it, not the, the, the excuse to not do it. Mm-hmm. And that's, it's that quote, you know, if you, if you want to do it, you find a way, if you don't want to do it, you find the excuse. Yeah. Either way you're right. And, and then, it, and another thing is everyone says, well, I can't, I can't house hack because I have kids because I can't have neighbors that close. And I'm so something's different about you than the literally millions of families yep. live in apartments right. all over the country, all over the world. Um, just, and you're not going to do it forever. It's, it's, it's a year or two just to get that, that momentum going. Exactly. It's being, it's being willing to, you're going to be uncomfortable. That was one of the biggest things for us. And, and just so we kind of round out the story, your, your story is eight years Olivia and I, very, I'm very honest with it was 15 years, right? Our, our journey was 15 years in the making through some crazy up and down real estate cycles. Um, but, you know, we had to replace, you know, the rat race had gotten a hold of us, right? We had both had six-figure incomes we had to replace because we had the debt structure for two six-figure incomes. So, you know, fuck, 15 years, man. But you got to be uncomfortable for a while and lower your expenses and Make uncomfortable choices, i.e., house hack a duplex and live next to your neighbor or live next to your tenant. And you have options. You can do this, folks. It is possible. Right. And the, the great thing with house hacking is you're gonna you get to live in one of your own units, but it's mm-hmm. like living in an apartment, but you get to pick the neighbors. Yeah. That's true. Very cool. What uh where where do you go from here? I'm always curious. So you got to this number, you have an amazing job that you love today, you're creating jobs all the time. Where, where do you go from here? You, do you just get to 10 and then you kind of reassess or what, what's the next couple of years look like? I'm going to add as many units as okay. I can without doing a burr method. I've never cashed out money, taken money out. I don't do rehabs. I'm, I'm, my strategy actually works for me because I'm super lazy. <laughs> I and love it. 
you know, flipping is, is a job. You have to find a good off-market deal that needs a lot of work. You have to do the work or hire the contractors and then you have to refinance and wholesaling has a lot of those steps. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have to live somewhere. So doing it this way I, I, and everybody says, oh yeah, but you have to move. And I'm like, yeah, I, I call two guys in a truck and pay them $300 with a tip and I come home and all my stuff's at the new place. There you go. Uh, so. And how, so how old are your kids today? Uh, 31, 26, 21. So, so are any of them years. doing this? Any of them involved in real estate? My, my son worked on getting debt free. Okay. And he's working on his savings now. All right. And it, it took him a year. Last year, he was 54000 I probably shouldn't talk about his stuff on here, but he was $54,000 yeah. in debt. Okay. Within one year, he hit absolutely debt free, all bad debt. That's um, awesome. Two months ago. Congratulations. And so now they're uh, banking on uh, getting their down payment to- So FA. they, meaning he's married. He is. He got married last April too. And so welcome to a marriage. Hey, we're going to spend the first year getting rid of all this debt. So okay. super impressive of her to just say, yeah, let's work on this together. That's and awesome. They're going to be set up to do that really well. Okay. And then the other two? The other two, not yet. Um, yeah, that's and okay. One yeah. thing I've done with my kids and pretty much anyone that I, I meet is uh, nobody can hear a word of financial advice until they're ready. Yes. So one day when they come to me, I'll have a book ready and I'll sit down and go over everything. Um, they understand the concept and, and, and they understand that um, I talk about the stepped up tax system so that they'll have an inheritance that will be able to as long as depending on how. Yeah, it doesn't change. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, but I know they're interested in the rentals because they've gone and helped me do things because yeah. they want to be involved. Uh, but currently, no, I'm not doing anything. That's okay. I mean, again, they'll come when they're ready. And I think that's the right attitude. And that's kind of where Olivia and I are with our daughter. Uh, I'm pretty clear. We made a mistake. Her introduction when she was a teenager, she might've been 12 or you know, 12, 13, was taking her to just total dumps in the 08 crash. And we're like, that was a mistake. We should have taken her to the clean, pretty smelling properties, not the one with roaches everywhere and broken windows and stuff. That was probably a, a mistake on our part. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things that's important to both of us is giving back. Um, you know, you heard me this morning talk about a challenge that actually my mother gave me, which I'll do a video on later today around Toys for Tots. I do believe uh, that this particular Christmas is going to be hard on lots of Americans. So I'm going to put out a video kind of challenging the one rental at a time family, specifically with Toys for Tots. So I know you have a connection with Toys for Tots already. So why don't we share what you've already been doing uh, for that uh, lovely charity? Yeah, thanks. So coming from the Marine Corps, Toys for Tots being run by Marines, mm-hmm. um, the the company, the trucking school that I work at uh, actually donates a truck to go and the Toys for Tots are collected at, at one location and help them just dis- disperse them around. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that The best thing about the job that I have and the reason why I'm probably never going to quit is because of what the owners do, they, the, the way they give back to everybody. Here was my idea that grew the school so much. In, in Washington state, just this one state, there's over 6,000 transportation companies. All of those trucking companies have every position you can imagine, human resources, uh, IT, operations, logistics, forklift, mechanic. And our school trained people to get drive, uh, commercial driver's licenses and then, and then help them get a driving job. My idea was to found a nonprofit that does job placement assistance. So our mm-hmm. goal is to take people, we go on bases, we go into prisons, we go into colleges, we find people looking for work and we pair them up with those trucking companies in the non-driving jobs. So in the office or in the mm-hmm. warehouse. And, and the way transportation works is it actually kind of sucks. Most people get their commercial driver's license and then you have to drive over the road for a couple of years to get experience 
making $6 an hour and you're gone all the time. And then you can't finally get a local job. Hmm. What the nonprofit did is it helped us build relationships with these local trucking companies. So when we place the dispatchers at a company or the terminal manager or the IT department, those companies started coming to us for drivers. Hmm. So our graduates don't have to go to work for a company driving all over the country. They go to work for really good companies that drive local like McLean and Old Dominion and Oak Harbor Freight Lines and these companies that start 70 to $80,000 a year and the driver gets to be in their bed every night. That's awesome. Um, so when we get someone a really good job, they drag in five of their friends, which helped the school grow, the reputation got better. And now we're actually, our company tagline is be home every night. We're the only CDL school I know of that focuses on local work. Wow. And so one of the things that we do with Toys for Tots is we get the boxes from the place because we're going to have the truck that delivers it. And we take the boxes to all the trucking companies, put it in all their offices because they have all of the staff that come in, all the vendors. Mm. And it's, it's a pretty big collection that comes in every year. And we right now we're only doing it in Washington, but we're looking at it opening campuses in Arizona. And when we open there, we'll add more. Yeah, again, giving, giving back is something again, I didn't appreciate when I first started on this path to financial freedom. I didn't get it. But a big part of my happiness the last couple of years has been giving back, whether that's in time or in, in money. And in, in depending on the cause, e- either is good. I, I'm shocked at how good it feels to give back. And, and, and Toys for Tots is going to be something I talk about for the next couple of months, because I do think Christmas is going to be canceled for lots of kids. And I'm going to do my part to make sure we, we help as many not have a Christmas that's canceled. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. That's cool. So uh, any closing uh, thoughts, Dion? You know, how can people reach out to you or follow your story anywhere? Do you have a Facebook or social media? Any presence you want people to go look at? Facebook is the one that I focus on. I, I try to, I'm in as many communities as I can that are focused on financial independence. Um, Bigger Pockets is probably the one with the, the biggest, um, most diverse group of people to get help from. Because if somebody wants to learn about, about house hacking and traditional lending and how to find renters. And, and I actually have a tool that helps tenants ask for long leases and, and the tenants ask for a rent increase. <laughs> and so if you want to learn about those things, I share it freely, but I can't help with flipping or wholesaling right. or stay in uh, your lane, commercial loans. Yeah. Right. I stay in my lane. These are the things I know. So, and if they um, were going to look you up on bigger pockets, I'll put it first line in the show notes. It's just Dion McNeely. Yes. Yeah. I don't have a business. I'm not an agent or a broker or anything. I'm just somebody trying to, Kind of, kind of like what you're doing on a microscopic scale. You know, oh. you, you're you're sharing your knowledge of 15 years with everybody. I just want to find a few people and and uh, get that that warm and fuzzy of saying, look, I met a VA doctor a couple well about two years ago, and she's already got a, a duplex and working on a triplex and, nice. and renting out her house, and so she's on this path now, and I really enjoy doing that. Very cool. Well, I will put that in the show notes. Dion McNeely, uh, if you want to look him up in Bigger Pockets, reach out. He'll accept your invite or whatever they call it on Bigger Pockets. So, Dion, again, thank you for reaching out. Thanks for what you're doing with Toys for Tots. This is a lot of fun. Uh, have a wonderful day. All right. Thanks, Mike. Uh-huh.